Hello, everybody. Just a very quick one about Instagram. If you're on it, Meta, the parent company, is reducing the number of political posts visible to users on their feed. This is a real thing, not a hoax. So go to your Instagram profile, tap the three horizontal lines in the top right corner to open the settings tab, scroll down to what you see, click on content preferences, open political content, and turn on don't limit political content. That's an option. Otherwise, you won't see almost anything we post because we are deemed political. Please do that now or you won't even see the posts about our shows, our fun things. So if you want to see Guilty Feminist content and know when we're coming to a place near you, releasing a new podcast, do it now. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Guilty feminists. As I said in a previous episode... I'm going to put more time into slightly fewer live theatrical episodes every year. We've traditionally done 52, and that's an awful lot. And I've started to feel like it would be better if I did fewer, focused more on them, and in the interim gave what some people have been asking for, which is let's pull from our back catalogue, but reframe some of the episodes. Let's do some best ofs, and let's look at the incredible library of feminism we have in the Guilty Feminist vaults. So this week, it's a really early episode from our first visit to the Edinburgh Fringe, in which Sophie Hagen and I talked to Susan Kalman about not having children. Now, it may or may not surprise you that this is one of our most controversial episodes ever. We received more complaints for this than any other, and all of them revolved around the subject matter. The reason for this was that some people felt we were saying, mm, children are awful. Um, and I think there were some mothers that understandably felt like, hold on, I was listening to this show and, and suddenly you were saying like, children can be annoying. And uh, my feelings about this is this is a really important episode to re-air and think through because I felt if we'd been three mothers going, gosh, sometimes it's really boring playing games with small children because they're very repetitive, that everyone would have gone, yeah, it really is. You've done really well to do it. And 
uh, because we were three childless women, it created a different response. Now, many people loved it as well. Don't get me wrong. There were lots and lots of people going, thank you, because I'm also child-free, um, not childless, child-free. Um, but there were some people who said, I haven't been able to have children, and this gave me a different perspective. There were some people who said, I didn't want children, and sometimes I feel like I'm monstrous because I'm seen as a woman who isn't maternal. And so I think it bears discussing. I want to do more and more stuff where we have to have a discussion and a think, and do we shift our view? Do we gain more empathy for somebody else? Um, and in this episode, I say I tried to have children, and I couldn't, um, which is true. I did IUI and IVF and various things, but then came to the conclusion afterwards that I think maybe being child-free is the right thing for me because I decided to kind of live a life that I couldn't have had I had children and how actually retrospectively great that's been. Uh, Sophie says at the time uh, she did, doesn't want children and she said, look, I'm only in my 20s. I might want children. You know, one can never say because, you know, people change as they get older, but she thinks she doesn't. Um, Susan says, I never wanted children. And so we are three women coming at it from different points of view. Um, and we all say, I'm caveating this, that we love children. We love the children in our lives. And we all talk fondly about the children in our lives and how there are different ways of being a maternal or figure or even not a maternal figure, but like an auntie figure or having some other way in which we engage with children. So I hope you enjoy it. And whatever it does, even if it provokes that it makes you think about it and have a discussion with your friends or in your head about it, um, obviously feel free to shout at the podcast if you disagree. One thing I will say for this episode, it's hysterically funny. Susan Kalman, my God, she is so funny. But I'm also fascinated to know what the reaction is because unlike a lot of our early episodes, I'm not sure our conversation would be any different if we had it now. There are some episodes where I think, oh no, I'd be having a totally different conversation now because feminism's evolved, because we've evolved, because I've learned different things from different guests, because I've got older and changed my mind, those sorts of things. But I feel like this one I feel pretty similar about, I think. And I'm fascinated to know how people see it in 2023 as opposed to 2016. So feel free to write in, tweet, Instagram. Either way, you are really in for a laugh. It's a, it's very, very funny. Uh, so enjoy as you prepare for the Edinburgh Festival this year, if you're planning on going. Allow us to take you back to the Edinburgh Festival in 2016 and enjoy. I'm a feminist and I think I've got to the point where my life is too busy and full to want to be a mother but I'd love to be a dad. <laughs> I don't think I understand. <laughs> oh, you just don't want to push it out? No, it's... Um, the, tradition, it's not, it's a, the traditional roles of mother-father, often the mother does more of the caretaking yeah, and the boring but, stuff. But mm. you're a feminist. You'd have to do 50% of the work, even if you were just a dad. Oh, no, I, I do realise that. It's more a commentary. It's more a social commentary, that joke. Oh, sorry. It's more a commentary on the way... <laughs> the way fathers sometimes get to parent. I see how I ruined your joke. I'm sorry. <laughs> I just didn't understand. No, no, it's, a good, it's, a, it's good to clarify that yeah. it is a joke. <laughs> We've reached the point in this podcast where we've gotten so many emails and tweets from people doing their own I'm a feminist, but so I'll, I'll try and read some of the, these today. I'm a feminist, but the other day I received an unsolicited dick pic at a moment in time when it was actually quite useful 
And so I put it to use before I wrote to the guy to tell him that he should never do that again. Do you want me to explain this joke? Yeah, I don't get it. Put it she to would, use? She was wanting. Well, to frame it? Or what? <laughs> to a dick pic. She was having a little bit of meat down. To a photo of a dick pic. The only way I could see a dick pic being useful for wanking is if you, like, printed it out on rubber. <laughs> like, and folded it together. What, you 3D printed a dick pic? <laughs> oh. And I've finally seen it used for the 3D printer. Okay, I get it now, sorry. I'll understand the next one. I'm a feminist, but when I took my 15-year-old niece to Euro Disney last week, I asked someone to take a photo of us with some of the characters who wear suits. And the person stayed seated. And I said, hey, do you mind standing up? You don't want to give Minnie Mouse a double chin. It was not Minnie Mouse I was worried about but she still looked offended through the suit. (laughs) And I felt ashamed that I had said it in front of a teenage girl and made her feel like it was important. But camera angles, guys. I mean, (laughs) just basic maths will tell you don't take it. Just stand up if someone says take a picture of me. Wait, what basic maths? (laughs) Never said a math as well, like, right. (laughs) You know, the angles for not looking fair. Why don't you move on and say yours? (laughs) I just didn't think we were going to, like, fat shame Disney characters. <laughs> that's a whole other podcast. That's, that's why I said I felt ashamed. Okay, good. <laughs> okay, this is another submitted one. I'm a feminist, but the other day my male boss, that's, do you need to say male? Called yes, me. Yes, you do. <laughs> it's, a, it's a social commentary. On... Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> my male boss called me sweetie. And instead of correcting him, I took it as a sign he was in a good mood and used it as an opportunity to ask for an extra day off. (laughs) I'm a feminist. And when I took my niece to the Louvre in Paris last week, and we were looking at the Venus de Milo, and a guy behind me actually pointed to the statue and said to his girlfriend, come on, she doesn't have abs. She's got rolls of fat. Look at her. I turned around and said... Are you actually fat-shaming the Venus de Milo? Why don't you slut-shame her as well? I mean, she's got her tits out. And I felt like that made up for the Minnie Mouse gate. This is also a submitted one. I'm a feminist and was incredibly annoyed by the sexist objectifying comments online about the Olympic women's beach volleyball team. But then I watched the men's gymnastics. (laughs) I'm on board with that. Live from the Gilded Balloon at the Edinburgh Fringe, the Spontaneity Show presents the Guilty Feminists with Sophie Hagen and Deborah Francis-White and tonight's special guest, Susan Halman, talking about not having kids. This is The Guilty Feminist, the podcast in which we explore our noble goals as 21st century feminists and the hypocrisies and insecurities which undermine them. Today we are talking about not having kids. Yes. Um, so can we just get a mmm if you're a mother? Mmm if you're a father? Mmm if you're neither? 
somebody very pleased about that decision. Hashtag, I just dodged a bullet. She's just done the pregnancy test this morning, hasn't she? And she's like, fuck, I'm going to have to ring my mum. Not a parent! But that's putting it in perspective. Go, mm, if you have parents. Yeah, so we do appreciate them. Yes, yes absolutely. Parents are important. Uh, <laughs> For all of us, because none of us are here without them. Even if we don't know them, somebody had to do something for us to be in the room. <laughs> and, that, and then somebody, somebody had to parent us at least in some way in order for us to be at the fringe. <laughs> I don't think you get to the fringe without any parenting, do you? And you certainly don't survive a fringe as a performer uh, yeah, if you've had I, no parenting I was of any sort. I was complaining to my mum about like, losing a lot of money on going to the fringe. I was like, oh, and it's going to be raining and it's so much money and oh, the venue and blah, blah, blah. And she was like, why are you going? And I was like, huh. <laughs> That's a really good point. <laughs> so what was your challenge? Where are so you on having children well, or having I, children? I don't think I want kids, but I also know that I'm 27. So I know it's, you know, I, it's kind of weird. I kind of, I know you can change your mind. I'm aware of that. At the moment, I don't think I want kids because for the first like 15 years of my life, I was raised by like some grandparents who weren't like the nicest people in the world. And I kind of functioned as like, like an extension of them. Like I kind of was like, you know, I was kind of there to validate uh, their existence. It was always, you know, tell us how much you love us, do this, go get, I was never asked how I was what I liked to do, what my hobbies were, what I wanted to be when I grew up. I was just always like a shadow of them. And I'd only got out of that when I started doing therapy. So I've only actually started being a whole person at the beginning of my 20s. So I've only been a human for like five or six years. <laughs> Meaning that if I was to have a child now, and then I'd have to obviously focus on that child for the next at least 18 years, then I've just never really lived. And that's my main concern. And, you know, then there's the whole thing about, you know, I have a job and, you know, it would be difficult to travel, et cetera. But I would make, you could make it work. I'm 100% sure you could make it work. So for my challenge, I was seeing a guy a while ago <laughs> and he really wanted kids. And we talked about it a lot. And he was one of those people who annoyingly say, oh, you'll change your mind. And it was kind of the subtext was always, I can't really go into a relationship with someone if we're not going to have kids. So we stop seeing each other but we're still we're still in touch and then yesterday we were texting and he said that he was going to do a children's gig here in edinburgh and i was like oh no that's the ultimate test like seeing like a guy you slept with just be really good with kids <laughs> like if anything was to change my mind that would be it so i was like i'm on my way he said no i was like fuck it I still, i'm still gonna go <laughs> and i went and i saw him just be really funny like he was so good like he entertained those kids and they loved him and the parents hated him which I loved <laughs> and I was like yeah no I don't want kids <laughs> if I don't even want it with him who's so good with kids and who's actually funny I was like yeah it's not gonna I don't think it's gonna happen but it's good to know you know I've might have a backup plan if I <laughs> change my mind still single good because uh <laughs> So you went to see him with children and yeah. it didn't sort of melt your ovaries? It, it, it did, but not enough. Not enough to actually... Yeah, there were some really cute kids, like a little fat boy with glasses. I fucking loved him. <laughs> oh, so there was like a magician on as well, which is, you know, awful. And, 
I don't want a magician shame, but that's exactly what I'm doing. And magician <laughs> shame. And they that's have... comedian privilege over magicians. Can I just yeah. say you you're in the power group there. I can I can say that my brother's a magician. So. <laughs> but they, the magician had like three kids on stage, and and two of them were like really like pretty. I know you can't say it about kids, but you know like confident and loud and like woo I'm on stage and then one of them was just this fat girl and she was just like really shy and I was like that's mine <laughs> that's the one <laughs> that's me that's the one I could oh I want that one uh, but that's not that's not you how it works you didn't actually take that one though did you just to be incredibly clear well that was my challenge take a kid <laughs> take a child from a public place and live with them for 48 <laughs> hours to see if you could do it and then just drop them back in Bristow Square So not having kids, not having kids, being a person of no childage. A friend of mine was talking to a woman she met at a party. And the woman said, oh, I don't go skiing anymore. It's too dangerous. And my friend said, yeah, me neither. And the woman said, "Um, yes, but I've got children. So if I die, it's a tragedy. (laughs) And honestly, that often feels like society's view. If you die, it's a tragedy. If I die, eh, really annoys me except I know that deep down I'm kind of guilty of it because recently I drove to the Latitude Festival and in the car was Sophie Hagen and two other friends and there might have been a little incident on the motorway (laughs) where I paused on a hard shoulder for a second too long and then was unable to get out to the hysteria of the passengers in my car. Now At the point where I did actually go for it and a truck blasted its horn and everyone went, ah! We all saw our lives very slowly flashing before our eyes. Now, there were three people in the car who were child-free, including Soph and me, and there was one person in the car, very, very close friend of mine, who has a little girl. And the rest of the way there, after someone else took over the driving, um, (laughs) we had to pull over at a motorway service station so I could put him on our insurance... Hashtag feminism. (laughs) I'm just not used to motorways, all right? Stop judging me. It's not because I'm a woman. It's because I'm a shit driver. (laughs) And those things aren't the same, but sometimes they are. So, we, so by this time, he's driving. Everyone's relaxed and confident. Uh, the, the tunes are on the radio. Everyone's just bantering, high-fiving, jokes, jokes, jokes. Do you fancy a sweetie? All of that, normal road trip stuff. And, of course, I'm participating, but in my mind, all I'm doing is seeing the death of my friend with the child. And what I'm imagining is her husband shouting at my husband and saying, your wife has lost my daughter, a mother... And I'm just seeing that over and over in my head. And my husband going, I'm really sorry. Yeah. Um, And that's just going on. And all the time I'm like, yeah, it's a great tune. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's what I'm seeing over and over and over. And I'll be honest with you, I didn't really think about the deaths of the other passengers at all. Except to think, well, if Sophie had died, she'd have joined the 27 Club. I would have made her the Kurt Cobain of comedy. 
would have done her a favor in a very real way. She would go down as a fucking legend. And then I thought, oh, but how would her mum feel? And that was the sadness. How a mum felt about it. Not how Sophie might feel about her own life, but how a mother played into it. And I realised I could not stop at a motorway service station and put anyone on the insurance for my skewed view of the fucking world. (laughs) Now, I feel like I should go out on a bigger punchline than that, but as I don't have one, (laughs) we're all just going to have to sit in a minute's silence thinking about Sophie Hagen on the 27 Club. (laughs) Thank you very much. You know me well enough to know that my dad wouldn't give a shit. <laughs> You've implied that in the past. So um, Sophie, Sophie passed away. Sophie, Sophie, Sophie Hagen. <laughs> Your daughter? No, the tall one. <laughs> yeah. um, Tom Slinsky, producer of the podcast. Um, is there any water? Uh, Just it's our first it. day. It's our first day, so we haven't yet. We, he was too busy setting up all the blankets. I, I texted him. Blankets. I texted oh, him you while texted you him. Yeah. Oh, that, were you texting during my stand-up? Yeah. <laughs> you almost killed me. Oh, fair, enough, fair, enough, me. fair enough, fair enough, <laughs> no, when fair she, enough. And when she stopped on the hard shoulder, one of our passengers just got out of the car. Like, he was he panicking. Didn't, he didn't get out of the car because we stopped him. We pulled him back in. <laughs> but that we, is died, what we all died together. <laughs> Essentially, that is what we said to him. I no, genuinely said, I just didn't like, see how getting out into the car into the into the path of coming lorries was. He felt like you were more dangerous. <laughs> um, I was sending texts to like everyone I really cared about, just going, "Hey, just you know, I love you." <laughs> so no reason, but I I, I love you. <laughs> so Sophie actually said when I said about you know just keep thinking about the morbid fantasies about having killed you all, and Sophie said oh, I texted my mum and, and warned her it might happen. Yeah. <laughs> that would have been a good She likes line. to know those things. Yeah. I, uh, my challenge, I decided, because I had four years of fertility treatment, I did want children enough to, yeah, it didn't work out for me. Um, two things, I've got a thin womb lining. Only part of me that's ever been accused of being thin. <laughs> when the doctor told me, I was actually, I was insulted. I was like, unfortunately, you're too thin for babies. Fuck you. <laughs> um, so I had thin wind lining and my eggs were just rubbish. <laughs> so I did various things. I had IUI and then I met my biological family. I'm adopted. And so I found my biological family a couple of years ago, sort of by accident. And my sister in New Zealand, Mel, who was my new, brand new sister, she said to me, one of the first things she's, you know, we, we were sort of sitting around, one, like it was literally the first night, and I was sitting around with my sister, sort of having a bottle of wine in my bedroom in my birth mother's house. And she said, do you want children? We've all got children. Do you want children? And I said, well, look, actually, when I go back, I'm going to start trying because I have to borrow an egg and I've got a Russian egg. Um, It's hard to get eggs in the UK for various legal reasons, but Russian eggs were easier. So I said, I've got a Russian egg. She said, oh, don't use a Russian egg. You don't know where it's from. And uh, I said, I I do. I do. The key thing I know about it is it's from Russia. And And she said, well, there might be a smaller egg inside that one and a smaller egg inside that one. You could be Octomum. 
And I thought, good point. She said, I'll give you an egg. I'll give you an egg and then the baby will be related to you. And I went, oh, Mel, that's a really big offer, but I've literally just met you and emotions are running quite high. And no, I'm going to give you an egg. And I said, well, we'll talk about it when I get back to London. No, I'm going to call the fertility clinic tomorrow. I'm giving you an egg. The next day we were at brunch and uh, Devon was, uh, my birth mother was ordering for us and we're all sitting there having a lovely chat and Devon came back and sat down and she turned, Mel turned to my birth mother who I've just met and says, mom, I'm giving Deborah one of my eggs. And Devon said, do you not want the full breakfast? <laughs> and she said, no, mom, not one of my eggs, Benedict, not one of my eggs, Benedict, one of my eggs from, from my body so she can have a baby. And, uh, and she, she came over. I thought, oh God, Devon's going to think I've turned up for an egg and a, and a kidney and a payday loan. Um, but she did come over and we went through this amazing therapy together and it didn't work. But I honestly felt like we'd sort of taken on biology together and, and lost. But in another way, we'd won because it really made us sisters. And uh, this year, Devon brought over Mel's daughter, Jade, who's 15 years of age. And Jade's big dream was to go to Paris. So I said to Devon, my birth mother, I went, um... So when you're over here, are you taking it to Paris? And she said, no. And I said, do you mind if I do? And she said, we all hoped she'd say that. <laughs> so I got to take Jade to Paris. And it was the most extraordinary thing because, and this is where I think as someone who I haven't had children and I've come out the other side of that. I was never super emotional about it, to be honest. I thought I wanted to have uh, one child or maybe twins on IVF and then that would be it. But it didn't work out. And I then sort of went, do you know what? I've got so much going on in my life. I'm not going to spend the rest of my life sitting around thinking about what I haven't got. What I have got is incredible. And I decided to make myself more of a third parent in other people's lives. Not without their permission. (laughs) But one of the things I was able to do was take Jay to Paris, show her Paris. This was like a dream come true for her. Take her up the Eiffel Tower to have dinner. And we really, really bonded. And at the end, I gave her a card Uh, she'd had all these amazing experiences and I just said Jade you know you know how small the world is now you're only ever a day away from home and the world is yours but you've got to know your worth just know your worth and I said to her never ever fall in love with anyone who doesn't know it and never fall in love with someone who won't go on adventures with you and then Mel contacted me and said I read that card and I cried And I said, just someone other than your mum and dad sometimes needs to say, you are worth it. You are wonderful. And so I just feel like that's something I can do because I don't have children. I don't have to spend all my time and money on them. I'm not sort of frazzled around children. You know what I mean? Not that all mothers are frazzled. I don't mean that all parents are frazzled. But you've got children all the time. (laughs) They are like tiny coke addicts. (laughs) That's the moment I realised I didn't want kids was when my friend had a child and I went to visit her. And I realised that it was just always there. (laughs) I think in my head, when I imagined parenthood, I just imagined, like, in montages, like that one time when you do the diaper, then that one time when you're playing with them in the air. But it's all the time. Yes, if that is the only thing about it. And it never stops. Like, you put them to bed, and then they get up. And... You give them the iPad and then, then they drop it. You know, it's just awful. <laughs> but it's like, I want to see it's like a tiny baby just go, hold the iPad. Hold the iPad. You give a newborn baby an iPad. And the and baby's they don't like, I can't even it. hold my head. Yeah. It's just, it is all, it's relentless in its nature. And that also is what gives you that special bond. And, you know, I also know I'll never be a mother and I'll never have that special bond. And sometimes that makes me sad. Ugh. It only really makes me sad when people put pictures of their really adorable babies on Facebook. Oh, I'll send... I have a friend who puts photos and it's really ugly. And I can send you those. I 
would never say. Mo- milk shamer baby. 99.9% of the babies I've seen are beautiful, but this one. Are you? Which makes it adorable. It's like ugly dogs. It's still cute, but it's like. <laughs> are you assuming that that person doesn't listen to this podcast? Yeah. Or, but that person doesn't know. Do you know now what? All my friends would be like, huh. <laughs> that person, whoever that person is, they'll think that's not my baby because my baby's adorable. Exactly. Yeah. Safe, safe. It's true. Everyone thinks their baby is adorable. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hello, Guilty Feminist. This is Deborah. That's DF Dumps. We're recording more live episodes and you can come and see us. Please do. We are live at Soho Theatre in London in August on the 11th, the 12th, the 18th and the 19th. That's August 11th, 12th, 18th and 19th. Get tickets now. We're live from Chichester on the 21st of August. Coincidentally, I'm also doing my play there. I'll tell you about that more in a minute. And we're recording episodes of The Guilty Feminist and Global Pillage. That's a deep cut. We're bringing it back for one episode only at the London Podcast Festival on Saturday the 16th and Sunday the 17th of September. For tickets to any of these shows, go to guiltyfeminist.com and click on Live Shows. I'll be in Chichester, as I mentioned. Did I mention? I mentioned, I think, that I've written a play called Never Have I Ever. It will be on at the Chichester Festival Theatre at the Minerva for the whole of September. Like I'm a proper playwright. I feel like Neil Simon in the 70s. It stars Alexandra Roach, Amit Shah, Greg Wise and our very own Susan McComber. It's about money, sex, power, politics, identity and running a restaurant. For tickets, go to cft.org.uk. You can also get ad-free episodes via Patreon, Apple Podcasts, or Acast Plus. And if you're passing iTunes or Spotify, you felt like leaving us a five-star review, you, we'd love you forever. You can review any individual episode. If you've reviewed us before, you can review us again. It helps other people find the podcast, and it gives you a warm, fuzzy feeling, and it gives us a lovely, lovely buzz. So we'd really appreciate it. Also, if you're not following or subscribing or whatever it is that you have to do, click that button. It really helps us. And now back to the podcast.
Should we get our guest oh, on? Oh, please, yes. I love her so much. I love her. Uh, this woman is comedy, is Scotland, is wonderful. Please put your hands together for Susan Kalman. <laughs> Hello, I've very much enjoyed the social commentary so far. <laughs> the social commentary's been top I enjoyed the translation of you telling a joke and then Sophie just going, no. <laughs> That's very the kind good. of type relationship we have. You, you, you need a dumbbell partner who's going to go, I didn't get it. Yeah. Uh, I like the behalf of the people who didn't get it. I felt they laughed. <laughs> Politely. Yeah. But if home, they didn't get it. There'll be Danish people at home going, huh? Yeah, yeah, it's true, because in Denmark, they... All stupid. What? No. In Denmark, in Denmark, I think fathers and mothers have more 50-50, don't they? Or is that Sweden? That's yeah, always Sweden. Yeah, have, always more 50, Sweden. have more 50-50 what? You just need to explain Everything. to me as well. I like the fact you're sandwiched between two people who have no time. idea what you're talking about. Baby time. I actually, I, I actually looked up a study on this about whether or not having children ups your happiness in general. And these things are only trends, but you know they do these studies on what makes you happy. And things like gardening and singing in a choir do genuinely... Gin. Gin, Gin makes me happy. <laughs> gin. Why don't you sing in a choir having had a bottle of gin and see if that... Oh so I can just sit at home and have a bottle of gin, though, can <laughs> To be fair, to be fair. I'm very low maintenance. I'd rather not leave my house at any point in my life. It's No, I, I totally see that. But uh, this, what the study said is, yes, parenthood does affect your overall happiness and can up it, mm. but mostly if you're a man. Um, that's what it says. But I would like to suggest, is that mostly if you're a primary carer, it doesn't up your overall well-being? Cheesy peeps. Um... <laughs> So, I'm not even drunk for this. Uh, <laughs> That's a, it's a lot. If I, can I just uh, explain mm. my perspective on this yes, whole please. children thing? So, speaking as a lesbian... Um, <laughs> hashtag I, diversity. Ha, hash, hashtag lesbian. Hashtag... <laughs> hashtag Claire Balding. Um, <laughs> I didn't know you'd had a hashtag with Claire Balding. <laughs> <laughs> She's very nice, as is her wife. So... I've always felt, as a lesbian, <laughs> slightly more pressure to have children because I have a wife. <laughs> and people expect if there's two women in a relationship, you'll have more children. Like, you know the alien queen in Aliens? <laughs> that's just popping them out left and right. They expect that we'll have one after it, we'll take turns in having kids and we'll just be having loads of... Because we're two women, so surely we must want to have more children than is humanly possible. <laughs> I don't know if I can have kids or not. I'm, I have no idea. All I know is I have never had a maternal bone in my body. Woo! I have never... And I, I so think, want to do a bone in your body joke yes. now. And I feel... I've only had one of them in once. Didn't like it. And... <laughs> I did it just to check. But we're all fine. <laughs> No, it's good to be good to be well, sure. Well, you know when you're young and you know you're gay and then you think, I better just check in case I'm just doing it for attention and you do it and you think, no. <laughs> you just, did this you suddenly doubt and think I'm doing it to annoy my parents? Well, you, yes, you don't. There is a point where you think, no, I really am very gay. And then you think, well, maybe I am just doing this because it's, you know, something that you do to get attention. And then you do it and you think, this is disgusting. <laughs> so... Never, ever, 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 ever wanted children. 
I am terrified of children, right? I do a lot of children's BBC, which I have no idea why. <laughs> I do a lot of children's BBC, and children are like cats. They can tell when someone doesn't like them. <laughs> uh, I've got a, a small niece and a, a nephew. My niece is five. She lives in the East End of London. She sounds like Dick Van Dyke on Helium. It's... <laughs> Auntie Susan, Auntie Susan, can we sing Frozen again? <laughs> when she comes up to Glasgow, it's an embarrassment, I'll be honest with you. All right, Gavna, all right, Gavna. Speak properly, young lady. And my sister emailed the other day saying, um, Grace is going to school and there's three days where my sister can't look after her. There's no necessary. Could I come to London to look after my niece? Now, I love my niece. Truly love my niece. I do. She sounds like it. Yes. (laughs) I suspect I'll love my niece more when she's 16. I think of myself as the aunt that's there when she is older. (laughs) (laughs) I thought you were going to say when she comes out. Well, listen, if she does, I'll, I'll march in a parade with her. There's no problem at all. But my wife is much better with children. I am not good with them. I sit in front of them and go, what would you like to do? <laughs> and they're like, oh, let's play a game, let's play a game, let's play imaginary post offices. And it's like, well, I don't know how to do that. I don't... Can we not just sit here quietly watching Judge Judy? Is that not... <laughs> Imaginary post offices. When are these children? In 1955? Yes. <laughs> I don't know a child that knows what a post office is now. People constantly ask, when I got together with my wife, they said, because everyone's all bloody PC these days and ask lesbians if they want children. Do you want to? And I was like, please don't ask us. Let's go back to the old days where gay people weren't meant to have children. It was just much easier. <laughs> and most of my friends don't have children. It's funny. Because... Well, the ones who have children, I find, move away from the cool areas I don't know whether they then just change their address or die. It's not clear. <laughs> but they're not there anymore, are they? When your friends my, have children. My best friend was due like two days ago. And I haven't had a call, so I hope it hasn't happened yet. Uh, but yeah, it was... I mean, I, was, I love her a lot. But when she told me, I was like, oh, so we have another, what, nine months of friendship left? I don't know. I mean, I don't know. I'm, I'm you know, I, I'm... Gosh, you turn easily, don't you, as an audience? <laughs> No, I just, it makes sense. Like, we all, you know, she lives in Denmark. It always, we already don't speak that often because, you know, she has just been doing her PhD and stuff. And, yeah, that's a baby. Yeah. <laughs> then the baby. It, it's yeah. not against the law for you to contact her, though, after she's had a baby. It's just, you know she'll be busier. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. I'm, I'm not saying, like, well, goodbye. <laughs> Sometimes I'm not like you were going to send her a letter saying... It's been lovely it's knowing been nice you, but knowing frankly, you. I don't want to know your baby. Um, but there is a thing, I think we do psychologically cut off people with children because we think, oh, they won't want to come to the party because they'll have to get a babysitter. And I think it's really important. I think less about them and more about me. Do you? Yes, I'm less concerned about whether or not they can get a babysitter. I'm more concerned, genuinely, I'm 41. I've only got so many years left on this planet. I want to talk about Doctor Who and Buffy the Vampire Slayer and, you know, things like that. And um, it sounds very harsh, but, I mean, this podcast is about being honest about things, isn't it? It is now. Okay. (laughs) Look, I know if you've got kids, that's great for you. It really is great. I am so fucking pleased that you have children. (laughs) But don't call Susan Calvin. do Do you want to ask a question about me? You sit there. I went out with a friend... 
Do you know what I mean? I went out with that and I was made... So she's lovely and she's got twins and two other kids, her decision. And <laughs> we went out for lunch with her because she needed someone to hold the twins while she went to the truck and all that kind of stuff. And I was left with this tiny premature child thing. And then she came back and she was like, oh, the twins are feeding very well, blah, 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 blah. And I was like, my God, this is the most boring conversation. <laughs> no, I, well, I, I have a, a, another friend who has kids and... You know Snapchat, right? You can put photos up of your children on your timeline and then you can hide those photos if you don't want to see them. But my okay. friend sends them to me. So I get like five a day of his kid. <laughs> and I, I was in the same city as her once and we were about to meet and we were like five minutes away from the cafe and then she texted me, oh yeah, I just picked up whatever the kid's name is. And she knew, she knew, she said the name. And... <laughs> And I had to just go, and I could see the cafe, and I just had to turn around and go around the corner and go, ah, oh, shit, I just forgot. Because I'm going to sit with just children. We're not going to be able to talk about But the thing is, right, I've got, I'm going to be very honest with you, uh, amazing nipples. <laughs> what? Like, I wouldn't send amazing people nipples. pictures of my nipples. Like, five, I wouldn't send you, Sophie Hagen, five pictures of my nipples every day. I mean... You know, we're all proud of things, but, you know... <laughs> I'm so gonna send Sophie a picture of my nipples. Please, please do. Could you copy me in? <laughs> yes, absolutely. Um, do you ever feel judged for not having children? Yes. In what way? I think sometimes. Well, a there's an expectation because I'm a, uh, as you've all realised, a very jolly person, <laughs> and uh, I'm slightly larger. And they think, oh, you, do you know? There's this when you look at someone, and I've got a nice smiley face, and they think, oh, you'll have kids. That would be great. You'll have kids, and it's just an expectation that. You know, you'll just have kids. And my wife and I did talk about whether or not to have kids, but only because we felt the pressure. And to be honest, the pressure, I think, as a woman, is the expectation. You know, you get to your mid-twenties and people say, when are you going to start having kids? And actually, when you just say to someone, I just don't want to, they go, oh, you must be harsh. You must be, mm. you know, you're not a loving... I am a very loving person. <laughs> my niece and nephew, I'm there for them. Whatever they want when they're 16, I am absolutely there. <laughs> you know, but I just personally don't feel comfortable at children's parties. And I just, oh, I'm, children's I'm, parties are awful. I'm if you ones... don't have a child. Yeah. And I, I'm really good with children. I used to be a nanny. And oh. I... I know in my gap years, I was a nanny. And I love my nanny children so much. I love them as if they're my own children. And I'm aware that that's not true. But I feel like it is. But I'm aware that people with children love those children more. But I would go under a bus for them. And, mm. you know, uh, I mean, not... I wouldn't want to. Um, oh, if, if... Oh, OK. I thought, if I, I, thought like, to, I thought, like, to entertain them. I was like, I don't think... <laughs> I just didn't understand why you would it's want like, to... It's like it's... listening to a conversation on time delay. It's beautiful. <laughs> Sophie just I'm suddenly sorry, it goes, oh, hang on, all oh, right, no, I got that yeah, now. Yeah. No, if one of them was in front of a bus, I'd push them out of the way and die myself. Oh, then say that. Yeah. <laughs> Justin, Justin. I just thought it was like a... No, no, not, not dressing up in a clown suit. No, 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 no. Um, but they're all now, because I was on my gap year, so I was terribly young when I nannied. I was almost a child myself. Please take that into account when I explain the children are now grown up. So they all went to uni not that long after me and uh, are now grown-ups with jobs. And 
one of them, one of his jobs is he works on Global Pillage, which is my comedy panel show uh, that demonstrates that people other than white straight men can do comedy in panel shows. I do not agree. <laughs> That's why I haven't booked you for it, Susan. Um, I, there's nothing I like more than listening to white straight men talking about how difficult it is to be a white straight man. I know. It is they, they, so There's enjoyable. so many permutations of the difficulties they all have in the world. I know. I know. Having privilege and never having a problem. I know. It's, it's, it's tough. So Ned now works on Global Pillage. He writes the questions. And I think from that, I've, I was a great nanny and I just, you know, but I've sort of had that through my nanny kids and I'm now sort of slightly reinventing that through godchildren and nieces and nephews. And I just think in a very real way, I'm going to be less valuable to other people's children if I have my own because I've got more time. And I think how many parents in the room would like it if somebody else who was a, someone with something to give would sort of third parent their child in a way and sort of just take them out to do something or invest in them in a, in a way? Just say, mm, if you would like that. Mm. Oh, not many. No. Most of them are like, fuck off. No. <laughs> I'll take my child to the and Thanks very much. talking about jumping under buses and stuff. I think they're afraid yeah. you're going <laughs> to... Not me doing it. Someone you know. Someone in your life. Like an aunt or a best mate or something. No, they no. don't want it. I think that the thing is, the only other thing that I think is important is admitting why it is that you don't want to have to... For me, mm. I have a pretty terrible depression and have for, for many years. And I think there is a genetic component to depression without question. And I really don't want to have a child in case that child has any of those traits. I've got lovely traits, but I also have some pretty awful ones. I'd prefer to be there for Grace, my niece, and say to her, if I recognise any of my traits in her, to help her out than passing it on to my child. So it's actually kind of, some of it was a, a genuine decision to say, I'd rather kind of not have that responsibility because if the kid was half as miserable as I was, it would be terrible. So I've actually done a good thing by not bringing more misery into the world, quite frankly. But if you are depressed to do have a child, that's also a great choice. Oh, of course it is. <laughs> Jesus Christ, you have to say that after everything. Yes. <laughs> Hashtag inclusion. Yes, yeah. so we'll get tweets, Susan. We'll get tweets. Yes. If you are depressed and have children, you are valid, etc., etc. I'm simply saying that from my point of view, as a depressed person, I'm a feminist, but I'm also depressed. I don't think it's fair to have children. I am in no way passing judgment upon you as a depressed person if you've chosen to have children. If you're a lesbian who's had children, well done to you as well, quite frankly. If you're transgender and you've had children, if you're a gay man and you've had children, if you're a combination of all different sexes in the world or no sex at all, congratulations to all of you for having children or not having children in any way that you want to do. Well done, all of us, for just being fucking alive. Uh, We're going to play that. We're going to play that at the end of every single podcast. We ever do from now on, just so we have umbrella covered. Susan Cummins' giant feminist umbrella that says, we hear you, we see you. And if you're dead and listening to this, I apologise <laughs> for not including you in that. If you're dead, well done as well. If you're listening from beyond the grave, I'm sorry for not including you before. I apologise for my lack of inclusion. Hashtag tell someone else. <laughs> It's 
fucking exhausting. I mean, it's so tiring. Oh, it's exhausting. Do, no. do we have any questions? Oh, yes. Sorry, the audience. Anybody dare ask a question? <laughs> yes. And if you're a tired person, I apologise for casting any aspersions on you being tired. Go on. <laughs> Hello. I, unfortunately, last week, surrounded by people that I think are very progressive, um, especially considering this particular issue. Despite this, there is only one other person that I know of that does not want children, including me, and we still kind of have to suffer a sort of semi-stigma <laughs> around people being like, yeah, 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 but you, we've got parents and, like, you'll be great at that, and, like, you know, I mean, like, when you turn 30, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Mm. So I'm wondering, considering the environmental costs of well, 7% of women in the Western world are now choosing not to have children. That's quite a lot. Seven out of every hundred. And 40% of pregnancies are unplanned. I don't know these statistics normally. I looked them up this morning. Um, <laughs> So do you think if it goes up from 7 to 15%, will it be no, just less stigma? No, do you know what stigma? it is? Do you know what I think is? It's about any form of stigma. I grew up in Glasgow, where Section 28 and Clause 28 was about, and there was a lot of stigma about being gay, and it's getting better simply because people go, I'm gay and I don't care about it. I don't care what you think about me. Here you go. So what I would suggest is you just have a, a sign or a badge saying, I don't want children. Just wear it. <laughs> Constantly. But the more of us that say we don't want children, there's nothing wrong with us, we're not bad people, we simply do not want children, then it'll get better. But there's always going to be people who see women in particular as people who should, is part mm. of our role. But, you know, just if there's a stigma attached to you, just go, well, OK, there's a stigma attached to me. I'm going to own the stigma. That's what I like to do. I like to just own it and say, you think I'm some form of, you know, big butch dyke. Well, fuck it. <laughs> Do you know, this is important. This is important. This is the one thing that, that, that guys do, I think, slightly better, especially comedians. They have a go-fuck-yourself attitude. And I think... I, I'm trying to get this this year. Sophie and I were talking about this, of just... Uh, I've sold out my run at the Pleasance. I'm doing bloody brilliantly, and I'm still sitting going, well, I hope I'm doing OK. When I should be walking through the Pleasance courtyard, balls out going, yeah, go-fuck-yourself. <laughs> Ledson said during the Tory leadership oh she was a lovely one she said <laughs> she, she said and I think she was asked this question by a journalist so I'm framing this but it was something like do you feel you're in a better position because mm. you've got children and she said well yes I do think I'm in a better position to lead the Tory party rather than Theresa May because I've got children so I'm more interested in the future then she said, but I don't want to say too much about it because I think Theresa May wanted children could have mm. them. So there was sort of real, you know, as a childless woman, it's a punch in both sides of the face, that. But it was the same, but, the Labour leadership, the guy that's running Owen, who Jim O'Watts it, was yeah. criticised because he said about Angela Eagle, I've got a normal family, or it was something, oh, it was something like that, which was an, I, I absolutely believe is probably an unintentional, but a generic kind of, this is how we feel about, I've got kids, therefore I have a, a normal conventional family. She's a lesbian. She clearly isn't. It, it's not a deliberate prejudice necessarily, but it's just something that people it have ingrained in, in them. But I, do you know, when I thought about what Andrew Ledison said, I thought all my friends who were the most active and concerned about what's happening in society 
honestly, they're the ones without kids who've got the time and energy to invest. Mm-hmm. The ones with kids, I'm sure they care about the future, don't get me wrong, but they are also going, can you please put your shoes on? Yeah. And <laughs> spending their time cleaning up vomit. Yes. And it's like to ask them to give a fuck about the future, yeah. about where the environment will be in 100 years' time, is a, it's a bit much. <laughs> also, do you want to just... I imagine when you have kids, you're gonna have to, you have to hang out with other parents. Yeah, I know a lot of my, oh my friends who have kids complain about that. They just go, you just get stuck. It's like being at school again. You kind of just get stuck with whoever you're sitting next to. And there's a man in the front row going, oh, God, yes, it's really awful. Do you, have you had that happen, sir? Yeah. Do, do you have to hang out with parents and do you hate them? Hate them. Right? I worked, I worked in a kindergarten and I met some proper, sorry, cunts. Like, there was one... No, but there was, like, they were just really awful. It's not really a fun note to end the thing with. It was just this... Oh, there's this little kid who was so sweet. He would wait till he couldn't hold his pee in any longer to take his a whole, you know, little body suit. What do you, what do you call them? The Onesie. Baby grown. Do you call it that? And I, I can relate to that. You know when you go, no, I'll just hold it until I get home, and then halfway you're like, oh, shit. But you're a child, you can't get the big snowsuity thing off. And then he kept pissing his pants, and it was such, oh, it felt so bad for him. And I was always like, like, changing him again. And then his mom would come and just be like, oh, what, are you a child? Is that it? Are you just like a little baby? A little baby? And I was like, oh, And she was like, oh, we're going to have to just do the laundry all the time. And I was like, oh, I felt so bad. I just imagine having to know that that happens. Mm. You should adopt kids. a child like that, Sophie. But then I'd have to adopt all yeah. of them. There were so many. That's, <laughs> yes, you would. It's the reason I was fired was because I spent too much time with specific children because I was like, th- these five kids are being neglected by everyone. So I need to, like, so I would, like, <laughs> I would, like play the music from my iPod. And, like, and then, like, the kids who were doing well, who, bad, they're fucking. And then, <laughs> but then there's really sweet kids. I, but I would buy them presents and stuff, and that wasn't, it wasn't professional. <laughs> he just wanted, he wanted a little red truck. And his I mother predict had, you're going oh. to become a Brangelina. I think you were going to... Marry a hot guy? Or or a hot woman. And you two are going to be some kind of celeb... Jennifer-lina? Jennifer-lina. Jennifer-lina. And you are going to start adopting children who I would have otherwise... Yeah, but I would have to choose them myself. I would go, that one, because his dad's a cunt. And that one... I don't think that's how adoption works. You don't normally get to take children from parents. That's what I'm saying. (laughs) Those are the ones I want. Susan Kalman! <laughs> Susan? Yes? Do you have anything to plug? Uh, I have written a book called Cheer Up, Love, about the fact I have depression. It's very funny, but also quite serious at the same time. You can read it if you like funny or serious. Or if you don't like anything at all, I include you all in my retinue. <laughs> Hey, listen, whatever you want to do, just you do it. That's all I'm going to say is just you have a good fucking life. That's all I care about. And uh, you, if you like the Guilty Feminist Podcast, find us on iTunes. Give us a five-star rating and a little nice comment if you want. And uh, find us on Twitter at GuiltyFemPod or Facebook. We have a Facebook group called the Guilty Feminist Podcast. And we're on Instagram <laughs> at the Guilty Feminist. Are we on any other social media platforms? Find us. You can find us. We're plenty of places now. You have been listening to The Guilty Feminist with Sophie Hagen, me, Deborah Francis White, and our special guest, Susan Kalman. The recording engineer was Gary Boyle. Music was by Mark Hodge. 
Producer was Tom Salinsky for the Spontaneity Shop. Thanks to everyone at the Village Balloon and Butler and everyone at SoTV, as well as all of you for listening. For more information about this and other episodes, visit guiltyfeminist.com. Lovely when you say it. Cunt. It's really... That's had a cunt of a D. It's quite a posh Scottish cunt, isn't it? Well, I'm doing, I'm doing kind of my Miss Jean Brodie. I've had a cunt of a D. <laughs> If I say it in my original Australian accent, yeah, I've had a can of a day. <laughs> That's not attractive, is it? If you're Australian, don't say it. So, if you are Australian uh, and you want to say it, of course you are within your rights <laughs> to say it. We at the Guilty Feminists would never tell you what to say and what not to say, is that right? We include all accents. Yes. Equally Absolutely. for usage of the word cunt. Sorry, Sophie, you were saying you met some cunts <laughs> at a kindergarten. At a, at a garden. The Guilty Feminist is provided exclusively from Acast. Find it wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com